and there was nobody in here but you guys. <laughs> and we didn't even smell ammonia in the garage. That's just something that happened. Yeah. <coughs> you had four of the ammonia's in. Uh, I just can't remember the last that first one that I started. You knew you heard it somewhere. <laughs> Somebody else, something overcome, yeah. Uh, resentment and bitterness, it wasn't so much me as, as you know, it was the church's praying for me with my resentment towards issues with the church. And I, had, and I always tell people I never stood a chance because I had this church and my mom's church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, helping to overcome that. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it, it's, it's the people's issue, not mine. Mm -hmm. I need to work on my relationship with God so I can witness. I can't control what other people do. I can just say, hey, that's not right, and move on. I can't tell you the joy that brought to my heart that Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. When you walked in, you said, I'm here. <laughs> been praying for you for years your family was all praying and, and uh, he walked in and he's never looked back he's, well I could even in the day I couldn't tell you what you're preaching on me neither <laughs> praise God overcome what are some other things overcome with the help of the Lord yes my husband and I, infertility, we tried for several years to have uh, our daughter in uh, a <coughs> so with God's help. You got a lot of those testimonies in this church, don't we, Andy? <laughs> Praise God. Other, other testimonies of overcome, things you've overcome with the help of the Lord. Yes. <coughs> Cancer. Cancer. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Depression. Depression. It, it's not easy to overcome these things. It takes the Lord's help. And uh, overcoming unbelievable obstacles. And this this one of his mighty men, Joseph. When you, he probably the day after said, "What in the world was I thinking? <laughs> you know, what what in the world?" But with God helping you, unbelievable things. You look at David. If he looked back on his life, remember what was I thinking when I went up against a nine and a half foot tall giant with a rock in a in a slingshot. He says, well, you weren't thinking. You were acting on faith. <coughs> Overcoming unbelievable obstacles. A couple more. Uh, unbelievable obstacles, yeah. Just my salvation. Uh, basically lost all my old friends with salvation. I mean, after a while, it just it just started treating me like I had the plague. <laughs> something. You know, I... And all the while, you have the cure. Well, yeah. I mean, I miss them. Unfortunately, you know, I miss yeah. them. They might, there's none of them that are my friends anymore. But God's, God's given me new friends. I'm thankful for, but um, that's, 
that's one of the ones. I've even had some people tell me that they they um, they didn't like the new me. They they like the they consider me closed-minded now. They like the old, uh, just liberal me that yeah. anything goes. And that, I was that person. That, I've done a complete 360. And, but they, you know, some people don't like that. But 180. Uh, 180. <laughs> <laughs> don't do the 360. <laughs> Going back around. Go back around where you were. I did a 360. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as this mighty man 
in 2 Samuel chapter 23, in verse 8, Josheb, I'm going to leave his last name alone, I've butchered it three times now, I'm just going to call him Josheb, okay? Is that all right with you? If not, you get to read the scripture. <laughs> but uh, Josheb, but uh, let's look at some scriptures about overcoming. Because all of us need it. You say, well, not me, I've arrived. Well, you've just been overcome by pride. And pride goeth before a fall. So, we need to overcome. How many of you have ever overcome something and then it got back on you again? Okay? So, it's not a one and done. Got it? It's not a one, it's a lifestyle. Asking the Lord to help us overcome. Let's see what the Word of God has to say. Okay, I need some volunteers. I don't want to crowbar this out of you tonight. I, 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 have, I barely had time to find my keys with somebody's help. So I, I, I need your help tonight. So so back there, okay, Carissa's got her hand up. 1 John 4.4, 4, okay? I wanted that one. <laughs> You know, Romans 12, 21 is a nice one. You take that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to. You know. I, what a crowd we got tonight. I, I, 1 John 5, 4 through 6. Okay, Samantha's got that. Uh, Revelation 12, 11. That's what he gets the holler at. Huh? Uh, Mary Lou's got that one. Usually I have to crowbar you to get, get to take the things, but uh, we'll, we'll give out several here. I need somebody to take several verses in Revelation. <laughs> Revelation 2-7. Who'll we'll take that? Okay, we've dived down now. <laughs> You'll take another one. Okay, okay. okay. Revelation 2-11. Okay, you got that one. Revelation 2-17. She's got that one. Revelation 2-26. Okay, Vicky's got it. Okay, everybody, glad to see Vicky back. She's been battling the the crud. Revelation three, five, and six. Oh, uh, 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 back there first. You got it, and then I'm not done yet. Revelation three, twelve. You went that one. Three, twelve. You got three of them now. <laughs> Okay, let's go for it here. Okay, let's start off with uh, Roman. No, we'll start off. We'll start off with First John four four. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. Say praise God. You have not overcome Him because you're greater. But the one who resides within you, Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, he's great. The devil is not afraid of you. And he's certainly not afraid of me. But he gets a little nervous when Jesus steps out of the boat and walks up to him. A demon-possessed man, a legion of demons filling that man, 
But the man came running and fell down. And Jesus said, Go. And every last one of them had to leave. The devil's not afraid of you. I don't care what book is on the top of the charts in the Christian cycles or what preacher tells you. He's not afraid of you. But Jesus makes him real nervous. Because even the demons that were in that man said, have you come to torment us before our time? There's a time coming when every demon in hell and Satan himself is going to bow their knee before Jesus Christ and proclaim He is Lord and Christ. Amen. Amen. Satan's not afraid of you. So what the, the, the thing is, you get as close to Jesus as you can get. Because he's deathly afraid of him. Okay, Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome. You see, we can overcome through the blood of the Lamb, but with the help of Jesus Christ, but we can be overcome. We can be overcome by situations and circumstances, and that's the devil's plan. But do not become overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God has the capacity to move into evil situations as we stay close to Him. That's the important time. You and I are not going to turn around bad situations. I don't care what your counselor says. You're not going to do it. I don't, I don't care what pop psychology says. It's going to take Jesus. He's the only cure this world can, can receive. And uh, these two. Okay, First John five, four through six. No, four, just four and five. Forget the six, just four and five. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except except the one who who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Not you and I. It's with God's help. When we, what happens if we fail to realize and give credit to the Lord for the victories in our life, the overcoming? If we fail to give Him glory or recognize it was Him, what happens to us? We're going to be, uh, we're going to experience defeat, we're going to sin. Yeah. We're setting up for a fall, big time. I can handle this. Look how I've done. Uh, I don't know how how mighty you are, but uh, one foolish team will set me running. <laughs> I need the Lord's help for everyday victories, Amen. not just the big things. Every someday, it's just a battle to get out of bed. And do something. Amen. And the, the, the devil is, is uh, whether anybody amens besides Jeff or not. It's true, isn't it, brother? It's true. This is the victory, even our faith, in him. Uh, 
Okay, Revelation 2 7. I know I'm skipping around. Okay. Who had that one? Now we're confused. I didn't put it on the screen. We're confused. Okay, my bad. My bad. Okay, Revelation 2 7. Okay, go for it. And then you, you're over here. You're next. 2 11. You got 2 11 over there. Or somewhere. You got it? I'll try it. You keep talking. <laughs> I'm just overcome. <laughs> he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. That's it. That's it. You're overcome. The book of Revelation, as we studied it many times before, after each letter to each church, and basically to the church in general, the, all those problems are at one time or another a part of the church. God gives a hope. Jesus gives a hope at the end of every letter. Now, he talks stern to the churches, doesn't he? he does. Say yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, I, I consider it stern. If you don't clean up your act and repent, you're out of here. That's pretty stern. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. That's pretty stern. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to take your name out of the book of life. Well, that's stern. That's pretty stern. But he gives a hope at the end to him, but to him who overcomes. With Christ, we have the capacity to overcome every situation every circumstance, every obstacle, as big as they may seem at the time, we get closer to Him and we will overcome. Okay, 2.11. Whoever, can I read that? I don't know if I'm supposed to. Huh? Yeah, go for it. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second half. Whoa. That's a big promise. You say, well, what's a big... Of course, we're not going to go to hell. No, no. God, if you overcome and you're in the presence of the Lord, the second death has... Hell has no hold on you. No... No way ultimate victory. And when the gavel drops in heaven, that's it. There's no more temptation going on. Satan's going to be cast in the lake of fire with his demons and all those who have rejected Christ. No more temptation, can you say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation 2.17. I don't know who I gave that to. I've lost track. Huh? Maybe that one. Well, you can read that too. I don't care. It's an equal opportunity offer, uh, thing here. Uh, 2.17. If you didn't get it, if you got it, read it right now. If not, go ahead. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the, the one who receives it. God has a special place for you. You're no longer 
Just a number. Wow. You ever get tired of listing all the numbers that identify your life? When you're filling something out? Let's say you're going to a doctor's office for the very first time. What are some of the numbers and letters and things, codes, that describe you and your coverage that you're going to have to give them? Have you done any of these You get this lengthy list. I'm sick by the time I get done that list. How about you? Well, I was feeling a little, you know. Uh, you've got to tell what's your policy number and your group number and, and, and your phone number. And your social security number. And what? Are you recovering from black love? All kinds of stuff. All kinds of my, my daughter Rachel, anytime she goes to a new physician or a new uh, special care person, she says, Thanks a lot, Dad. Because of all of our our family pre existing conditions. She's got a gene pool that just won't quit. You know, she's got all these. Do you have anybody in your family have this? Oh, yeah. Did any of your family die from this? Oh, yeah. Any of your family? Oh, yeah. Revelation 2.26. I know I gave that somebody. To him who overcomes the dust might go to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Whoa. That's a perk. Amen. How many of you feel a little under the power of the government right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's coming a day, if you overcome with the help of the Lord, not in your own strength, help of the Lord, they're going to answer to you. Revelation 3, 5 and 6. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. He's going to confess. He's not blotting your name out. Praise God. And also, what, what does it say he's going to do there? He's going to confess your name in front of his Father, Heavenly Father, and the angels. I don't know what that totally looks like, but I have a hunch. Sometimes people pass you over you're just a part of a group. But Jesus one day is going to say, Father, I want to introduce you to my, my son, my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. And all of heaven erupts in praise, not for the person, but they overcome through the blood of the Lamb. They overcome by the power of Christ Jesus. There's going to be a celebration in heaven. Remember what it says in, in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And then it lists all the cloud of witnesses that testify you can overcome through the Lord's help. It talks about Adam. It talks about Moses. It talks about all the prophets and kings from the Old Testament. And the, and the people from the new who have overcome by the word of their testimony and there's a they're cheering you on 
Hebrews lets us know you're not in this thing alone. And one day Jesus is going to confess you. Well done. Welcome home. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Okay, where did we stop? 312? Did I give 312 out? Yeah, I think you had another one. Yeah, three twelve. Go for it. Okay. Um, okay. Revelation three twelve. Okay. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him. What do you think that's really getting at? What is the Lord saying here to that group of people that overcomes? You've got a place forever. Nobody can kick you out of it. Nobody can <coughs> shut the door on you. You're home. Welcome home to heaven. Years ago, we every year when we were at Bell Fountain and we had a similar drama up at uh, Painesville and other places we've been, we did the Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flame. Did any of you ever see that one? Yes. Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flame. And they used characters from the church. Boy, we have characters. But they used characters <laughs> from the church. And they bring in all the props and all the backgrounds and everything. And the whole thing is a morality play. It shows people who have rejected Christ and face eternity, the judgment seat. And the angel of the Lord looks at the book. The name's not written down. And Satan comes and drags him off to hell. But those who came through, like the people on the cross, and at the very last minute, he called upon the name of the Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And they say, they have this big bombastic music playing. The hallelujah chorus breaks out. And, and, and hallelujah. And he says, welcome home, child of God. And they just run up and are embraced by loved ones that have gone on before you got a place. You overcome the obstacles of this life. you got a place forever with the Lord. And then, let's see, 321. Did I get that one up? Which one? 321. Probably Lennis. Uh, <laughs> Probably Lennis.
They conquered the devil by the blood of the Lamb. It's not because of anything you do. It's about a relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Christ in us is our hope of glory. And overcome, overcoming unbelievable obstacles. We don't sense it so much right now. But when we one day stand with the Lord in heaven, and He gives us the privilege of looking back over our lives, and He points out, remember that? Remember that? Remember that? I was right there for you. That time when you were ready to throw in the towel, you were ready to give up. I was right there with you. And we've overcome. The principle we're trying to get across here tonight about these mighty men of David, they were exceptional in military exploits, but even they had to recognize without the Lord's help, they wouldn't have been able to do it. And the first one there <laughs> that I've lost his name, Josheb. Uh, Josheb. He would look back and say, how did I do that? It was by the help of the Lord. How'd you make it through? Hitherto, if the Lord had not helped us, we would have perished. And so, the first person there, Josheb, reminds us that with God we can overcome unbelievable obstacles with God's help. The second one is Eleazar. Eleazar, it says, and after him, Josheb, was Eleazar, the son of, okay, giggle along, Son of a dodo. Okay. My son loved that. The Ahoahite, one of three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. So the first thing we learn about him, they hung with David when everybody else left David. You remember David was out at the forefront of the battlefield with them. And the rest of his army took off. But these three guys hung in there with him. And Eleazar was one of those. And it says that he arose. The men of Israel retreated. He arose and attacked. He went on the attack. He attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to plunder. Now, the first thing is, they're outnumbered. There's just three. There's three of the, the mighty men and David, and the whole host of the Philistine army is out there. What might you be tempted to do? Run. Run. <laughs> to the rear, march. <laughs> Out of here. You know, a strategic withdrawal. Not, not Eleazar. What does Eleazar do? He was a son of a dodo. I, I, that's right. That's right. Okay. He was a son of a dodo. He goes on the attack. Those. Uh, I hate to bring this up to the.
Cleveland Browns fans, but one of the classics in football history was when the Cleveland Browns looked like they were going to win the divisional playoff. They looked like they were going to win. They had it. They were large and in charge, and they had pinned the uh, Broncos back on their three-yard lines. And in just a couple moments, the time was going to run out, and they had to go the complete length of the field to win. And who was the who was the quarterback? John Elway. Classic line. They saw that the cameras are on them, and they're trying to figure out the guys are laughing in the huddle. And they say, what in the world is going on? These people are crazy. But they didn't know what Elway had said to them. Just a, I forget how many minutes left, the wrong end of the field. They've been beat up the whole game by the Cleveland Browns. And Elway gets in the huddle and says, okay, we got them right where we want them. <laughs> <laughs> people start laughing. We got them where we want them. Just, they're not expecting us to come back. <laughs> Lulled them into a false. And afterwards, people, the, the, the commentators are running up. What was so funny in the huddle? And the classic quote of Elway, and they have it emblazoned in the Football Hall of Fame, uh, and relive that story anytime I go there. We got him right where we want him. <laughs> he had the spirit of Eleazar. Eleazar says, let's go after him. There's only a couple thousand of them. We can do this. And, and you can imagine David looking and says, your, your daddy was a dodo. <laughs> You're just a chip off the old block. <coughs> but it says that Shema, I mean Eleazar, grabbed a hold of his sword and went after the enemy. He didn't wait for the enemy to come to him. He went on the attack. Unbelievable. Wow. You say, well, that was stupid. Obviously not. God was with it. He won a great, the Lord said, you've won a great victory. But what does it say about his swordsmanship as he's wielding this saber out in front, fighting on the attack against an army a hundred times greater than his little group there? Israel's army's retreated. It's just the four of them out there. And they're on the attack. What does it say about his sword? <coughs> it said that he grabbed a hold of that so tightly that it was it was a part of the sword. It was it was as if it was riveted on there. It was it frozen to it. it he he went through and and slashed and dashed and 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 conquered that whole massive group of Philistines, and they had to pry his hand off the sword. 
at the end of that. And you know what? What did the what did the rest of the Israeli troops do? They ran. Well, after that, they went back. They went back and picked up the stuff. <laughs> they, they went back. Are you done? Yeah. Well, let's go clean up all the all the swords and all the the money and everything. We'll plunder this. You did all the hard work. And he's they're trying to pry his hand off of the sword. This speaks to us of determined endurance. Determined endurance. We need to realize victory is not always going to be easy or ever easy. And we cannot, as believers today, especially in the climate of right now, we cannot wait for the enemy to bring the fight to us. We need to be on the attack. Not in your own strength and ability or your own wisdom, but with the help of the Lord. And his, his, uh, everybody sing. Okay. Everybody sing. You get the second verse. Okay. Determined endurance. Have you ever known people that they start something and they just don't finish? They start off with lofty goals. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Eliezer reminds us that sometimes you have to go on the attack and you have to have determined endurance. That you're not just you're not just in this for the short haul. Eliezer had no idea how this was going to turn out. But he was trusting God and the Lord helped him. It fused his hand with his sword. Now, scripturally, what does the Bible tell us a sword is for the believer? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, as we're going on the attack in our day, not waiting for, well, we just will hold up here in church until they come to break down the doors on us. We'll just hang in there until they attack. The enemy's creeping in. We're to go on the attack with the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God and go out and take the fight to the enemy. We're in hostile territory. Makes no sense. People may think you're crazy, that you're the son of a dodo. <laughs> That you're nutty in her fruitcake. Well, what's this little church over here on the west side going to do about all this stuff? We don't know, but we're going to try with God's help. We're going to try and push back the darkness one candle at a time, one light at a time. Let's look at some of the scriptures that talk about of this, this determined patient. Ephesians 7 through 13. Okay, Quentin's got that. Philippians 4 1. Sam's got that. 1 Thessalonians 3, 7 and 8. We were doing so well. Okay, very little. 
me see if I got any more after that. Nope. There we go. Okay. Okay. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up Everything around you. 
And we need to be wise in the fact and not just try to fight against, well, I'm going to go out and get those drones. Well, yeah, but until you stop the one that's sending them, you can shoot down a million drones. But if you haven't got the one who's sending them, they'll just make some more. We need to hang in there. It says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Would you, anybody agree with me this is an evil time? Yeah. It's an evil day. And having done all, stand. Sometimes at the end of the battle, just like Eleazar, you may be weary, you may be completely spent, but you're still holding on to the sword until they pry it out of your hands. And the Lord says, a great victory is won today. We need to hang in there. Determined endurance. Having done all, at the end, you may not look like much. It would be like if, if you were in the boxing ring with somebody. I don't care. Maybe it's Mike Tyson. And mine, we have an arsenal. But you may not look like much at the end. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The Lord did it. You may not even get the credit that's deserved. Or the rewards for it. And I'm quitting today. I just, <laughs> I, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I've talked talk to... It, it's, it's not hard hiring people. That's not the issue. It's having them show up the next day. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they go through the whole process, but then, oh, you want me to work? <laughs> you want me to what? And, and they don't come back?
hurry along here. That's a groaner for you. The third mighty man of David was Shema. And uh, we read about him in verse 11 of chapter 23. And after him, after Eleazar, was Shema, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. You know what lentils are? Kind of beans, you know, bean patch. You know. And when the, the people fled from the Philistines, all the Jews, they, they liked to run. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines and the Lord brought about a great victory. The first principle for the first mighty man was overcoming unbelievable odds. The second is having done all to stand. Hang in there. Don't quit. Don't die. Don't, don't give up. The third one is hold your ground. Stand the ground. I don't know if any of you Remember the movie The Battle of the Bulge? Had a lot of great stars in it. D-Day. Um, there I went back and did some research on it. It's D-Day, June 6th. The Allies are invading Europe, France. Major John Howard, his airborne division, into France with a single mission. And they would, they had no engine, no sound, no power. They hauled them up with another plane and set them flying silently over enemy lines to land in France at a particular location. They were to go to the Bonneauville Bridge and hold that crucial bridge so that the Germans could not bring reinforcements across the bridge to the onslaught at the Normandy Beach. If they couldn't keep the enemy from bringing in reinforcements, they were going to get pummeled on the beach. And there they had a single command go to the Bonneauville beach, uh, Bridge, hold that crucial bridge until relieved. Don't destroy it. The Allies are going to need it to fight the battle. But do not let a single German force cross that bridge to bring in reinforcements or armaments. They flew in at night in the gliders. Just a small force outnumbered 10 to 20 to 1. They had no huge armaments, just their weapons that they carried with them. And the watchword that they passed among themselves, hold until relieved. Hold until relieved. Stand your ground. Fierce battle. All night long. When some of the Allied forces arrived, they found they had held the bridge against a massive attack 
they had lined up tanks and armaments shooting into the uh, the sides of the where the Allied forces were, where the Second Airborne Division was. Numerous, many, many casualties, but they held the ground for victory. Sometimes we just need to stand our ground with the works of the devil. Satan is making inroads in every aspect of our world right now. Hold until relieved. Hold until relieved. Jesus is coming again. We're supposed to hold on till he comes. And he's coming again. Amen? He's coming again. But we need to hold on. We need to stand our ground. Just like Shema did. He's in the middle of a bean patch. Now what's significant about that? What Have you ever had beans or lentils? Uh, how do bean patches go for you? <laughs> what? Uh, any of you ever grew beans? This is a tough crowd. Uh, no bean growers? You ever seen a bean? How many have you seen? We'll start with there. String beans. Okay, we'll go with string beans. Okay. Now, if you have a whole, a whole parcel of bean plants, it's not easy to hold your ground because you're tripping over things. They're they're viney. And uh, if you've ever had to go through and clean out a, a bean patch after the season was over, it's a, not an easy job. It's standing your ground in difficult times. You can trip, you can fall, but you stand your ground until you're relieved. Until Jesus says, okay, I'm calling you home. We're, to, we're in this fight until he calls us home. I don't know when the rapture is going to take place. Neither do you. Neither do any of the prophecy buffs. We're, we're just told, hold your ground until you're relieved, until he calls us home. I want to be that, that individual that when the Lord returns, he says, okay, it's time to come home again. Whether through death or through the rapture, matters not. I want to be found faithful. Amen. How about you? I want to be found faithful. Amen. Sometimes just stand in your ground in difficult times. Three mighty men of valor. One reminds us overcoming unbelievable obstacles through the power of Jesus Christ. The second Pursue and fight, and having done all to stand. And the third is hold your ground, stand fast, stand firm until you're relieved. If the Lord has not said, okay, you can give up now, don't give up now. Other people will say, well, you, you, you've done enough, you've done enough. Not until Jesus gives me the okay. It's time. It's time. Three mighty men. Three principles that we find in, in the Bible. And they're highlighted for a reason.
they might serve as examples that in the natural things they they did unbelievable things. But in every verse of scripture it says, the Lord brought the victory. You and I can do unbelievable things because we have an unfathomable God who's working with us. Amen? Amen. We're going to stop there tonight and uh, we'll probably be winding up in 2 Samuel. And the question is raised, where are we going next? No clue. The Lord has not seen fit to give me any indication yet. I'm praying about it. I'm uh, trying to be observant. And we'll, uh, we'll get there. I'm not any place close to being done in the morning class. We're uh, doing prayer by the book and going book by book through the Bible and finding prayer principles. And I'm only up to Habakkuk. So we we haven't even hit the New Testament yet, so we're we're in there for the duration. So you be praying that we get inside of where we're to go next in our Bible studies in the evening class. Prayer requests tonight. First of all, unspoken requests, situations that other people do not need to know about. Just God needs to intervene. Many hands. How about unsaved loved ones? People you're concerned about that their heart's not right with God. Other prayer requests tonight. And has anybody heard anything from Sherry? Sherry got two emails. I didn't. I didn't get it. Okay. Just tell me. She's doing fine. Good. She has heart, open heart procedures today. I've done it great. Yes, Terry. I was that's why I was in Mike's sister in law and then of course his daughter's born tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Tammy. Tammy yeah, has yeah. surgery in the morning. Seven thirty somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm gonna be praying with her on the phone tonight. Other prayer requests. <laughs> yes. Um Riley's grandmother is mom's mom is in the hospital. She's had a second stroke and I don't know details and Riley knows about it but he's just like he won't say anything whether it bothers him or not. And so for Riley and then his grandmother and his Barbara she's in the hospital. Okay. Other prayer requests. We have the men's breakfast this Saturday morning and uh, like you guys to come out? 10 o'clock. Huh? 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Where's the hammer? Did somebody get that handed to Deb? 8 o'clock is the time. Yes. My dad's surgery is tomorrow. So. How is Chris's foot doing? Like, he got a really good uh, report today from the doctor. He said that it looks it's well on its way to be completely healed. So. Thanks, God. Other prayer requests this evening? I got one, Pastor. Yeah. My uh, pastor friend back now, the Lord knows, they had a pastor on their staff passed away last week. And uh, 
I was studying this week on this subject, this old, old song came to mind. Before we have anyone else pray, maybe you want to sing along with it. situations that 
only you need to know about that need your divine intervention. Father, we need wisdom. We need direction. We need guidance. We need your Holy Spirit to move in these situations that we can't. But Father God, we know you're able to do so. We pray for our unsaved loved ones, those who are walking away from you that are not living according to your purpose and plan and it's self-destructive. We pray, Father, for them to have a Jesus moment that they would come to themselves and come home to Jesus and give their lives over to you. For those situations that we just don't know what to do, we're asking for you to guide us into all truth. Give us word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, that we would know how to proceed. Thank you for your provision of these gifts to help us in these difficult times. And Father God, give us the strength to stand our ground, to hold fast, to not give up, to keep on keeping on to not give in, but to hold fast until you call us home, either through the rapture or through the doorway of death, that it will be said of us, we fought the good fight. We finished the course. There's labor.